I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week, we're taking a look at uh, 1993's Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, written or co-written and directed by Rob Cohen, starring Jason Scott Lee, Lauren Holly, Nancy Kwan, and Robert Wagner. And we fooled you real good. It's saying you might know this isn't the big boss from, <laughs> from 1970. Or 71. We can't resist um, doing an April Fool's episode. But yeah, we cannot. It was that close, and I wanted to do something a little different. And I honestly, I thought this movie was going to be a lot. I mean, it's pretty goofy. I yeah. thought it was going to be a lot stupider than it was. And it's like, it's not a bad movie. Yeah, like, it really holds together. Like, uh, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, but man, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And, and of course, obviously, that's almost an episode of another Marty podcast, but the music's really good. Oh, and he was in like yeah. eight. 8 billion trailers and you've probably heard it even if you don't realize that you've heard it yep. yeah and this is I'm one Marty, of the highlights want... of 90s score sure. yeah just i'll incredible. let you here based based on what i got set up i don't want you to go off just yet so okay yeah I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, i will hold back Put it, yeah re, re, just <laughs> okay i'll say i'll say nothing but all right great. no it's cool i don't want to i don't want to spoil your your excitement but you'll have plenty of time to talk about it soon oh dude that's so <laughs> exciting but yeah if, yeah um for anyone listening, if you haven't seen the movie in a long time, um, yeah, definitely recommend rewatching it. It wasn't quite how I remembered, like tonally even. Um, yeah, tonally is a good good thing yeah. to say. Also, if you've never had a crush on Lauren Holly, just get get re- it's just yeah get happen. get this movie you and can, then you'll nothing you can do about it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's great. Yeah, um, she's I, got some dynamite outfits in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, her up. Real. Yeah. It's definitely, it, it's funny to me because, I mean, obviously we're talking about the life of Bruce Lee and Linda Lee and it covers, you know, the 60s and you see like the clothing, but for for some reason the, the hairstyles in this movie can't <laughs> escape the 90s to me. Like yeah, I was going to say, whenever that, that first, like the, the first, uh, what's the character's name? But like one of the first like follower guys. Um, oh, sure. Yeah, uh, like shows up and he's saying that like he saw some, he said he saw some chop sake flicks, which I have no idea what chop sake flicks he was watching in the early sixties, yeah. but right, right. whatever. Um, <laughs> Jerome, that's the character's name. Yeah, um, but he is the most nineties looking. Like he looks like he walked out of New Jack Swing. Yeah, <laughs> like he doesn't totally. look like he's from the sixties. The set of a different whatever. world. Yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome, and also, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess we can kind of get into this but uh the movie is you know was optioned and built on top of linda's biography that she wrote and published pretty shortly after bruce's death Uh, apparently she wrote a second um book about her life with bruce uh years later but this is built this is based on that initial book and so um it's good to keep in mind really this whole project is kind of through the lens of, of Linda. And um, I think if, if you kind of weren't picking up on that, when, if you watched it years ago, it's really, it's really interesting. I would say overall, it's pretty, it's pretty fairly uh, um, 
or even even handed, I would say. Um, yeah. You know, I can think of some other projects where it's like it's marketed as the biopic of this person, but mm. it's also kind of from this um, this other point of view. Like, did you guys see Love and Mercy, the Brian Wilson movie? I haven't. No, um, I, have I actually think it's really strong. But that also apparently Brian Wilson's current wife is like heavily involved in it. And she really is depicted as this kind of like saintly figure. And apparently some of my friends that are like really into Brian Wilson and um, his history kind of say it's, it's, it's playing pretty fast and loose with her depiction and how it relates to him and and things like that. So the dragon, the Bruce Lee story, it's like, there is an awful lot about like what Bruce's identity as a husband and as a father, which I'm sure was important to him, but um, I think that probably wouldn't be the expectation going into like a Bruce biopic mm. that it's like really kind of focused on those elements and really a little less on um, kind of the highlights of, of his career otherwise. But having said yeah. that, I think it still, it still treats a lot of that other material um, pretty, pretty well. But um, yeah, Linda definitely comes across as kind of like, yeah, I don't know, kind of um, almost sort of perfect or heroic or something. Yeah, there's a definite. Well, OK, I, I yeah, I think let me start over. I don't even know how to approach this. OK, <laughs> so my, my take is that it's it's definitely like this Hollywood biopic kind of. Yeah. Pushing the drama up and kind of smoothing out like a lot of the plot and kind of it actually takes like things and like rearranges stuff in the timeline and it plays real loose with a lot of the facts so i feel like i mean when i saw it when i was a kid i wasn't like studying all this stuff this is 1993 i was like playing with dinosaurs because jurassic park or something you know like and um yeah yeah. 13 year old carlos is playing (laughs) yeah yeah sorry Uh, sorry 39 year old carlos is playing with dinosaurs (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah so uh i mean Again, we're at this point where, you know, of course, I'm studying up, trying to tighten all my knowledge up for Bruce Lee because we're going to be talking about this. And actually, when when we right, like right when we started doing Heroes 3, I was like, well, I know at some point this is going to come up. So I really want to start learning um, as much as I can about, you know, the Bruce Lee that, you know, all the hardcore Bruce Lee fans. like. And it turns out you were reading up about a different Bruce Lee, this guy from Cleveland. (laughs) Yeah. And um, seeing it now with all of that knowledge, it's really easy to slip into, oh, come on, like, no, like, this is wrong, or that's wrong, or this is wrong. But um, an interesting thing that was kind of revealed to me as I was looking into this for our April Fool's episode, which is funny to think about having to do a lot of homework for it, but... um, uh, there's a director's commentary on the release and oh, really? um, yeah the director is going into all the details and as he's talking about the film he's saying well this is wrong this wasn't how this happened and so it's like so crazy to me that um he he basically seems like he was armed with all the knowledge to make a more authentic biopic but uh in i mean studio meddling and kind of uh you know budget price um, budgeting for the film it was a kind of a lower budget film compared to a lot of other major movies i think it was like 16 million 
God, dollars was the budget. It, yeah, so it really um, got they, bang for the buck. Like, yeah, they really had to try good. and. Like, but I mean, I'm not giving them excuses either. Like, there's a there's a better way to put together a Bruce yeah. Lee biopic for sure. I mean, but I do but think, I think this is something that happens in a lot of biopics. It's not as it's not like accidental, like misunderstanding of the facts. A lot of times, it's intentional changes mm. for like, you know, dramatic reasons too and yeah that's there, of course like super of subjective because you know mm-hmm. someone else could say like oh that's actually not that dramatic to me at all like the yeah. real story is more interesting so. mm-hmm. but i think that you can see like what you were saying how um this is through through the vision of linda and it's also kind of trying to promote certain things so like you see in the film that there's like racism is a big part of the the film and i honestly feel like i mean based on what i know of bruce lee definitely he had struggles um breaking through because of his race but he didn't really like to stand on that as a crutch he 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 right, right. i mean i think of like that that famous interview um where where he's saying like you know I'm a I'm a human, <laughs> you know. Like they ask him, you still think of yourself Chinese, or do you ever think of yourself as North American? You 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 know what I want to think of myself as a human being, because I mean I don't want to sounds like you know as Confucius say, but under the sky, under the heaven, man, there is but one family. It just so happened, man, that people are different. It, and this was, you know a big big important thing for him and the, the the major thing i think that he would have wanted to push across is like his passion martial arts of course he would talk about all of the crazy stuff that's happened in his life because honestly if you really did make a straight up dedicated documentary about bruce lee that the material in his life is enough you wouldn't have to make up stuff <laughs> no you're you're <laughs> like, totally right i mean it's interesting yeah, so. i feel like it captures something about the 90s too where um and i had a similar reaction where i actually think a lot of the racial tensions are are a little exaggerated even at yeah. least based on mm-hmm. on what i know which i would prefer over say a movie that would have been made 20 years previously that would have actually just kind of swept things under the rug and mm-hmm. not addressed it at yeah. all. Um, so, and I think it, this approach probably holds up a, a little bit better, but um, yeah, I think at times it does almost reduce Bruce Lee to kind of the, like he's the person who is fighting against prejudice and not that that isn't a significant portion of his life, but I think um if you were to ask a hundred people, like, why is Bruce Lee a legend? Um, I think this movie gets into some of the, like kind of some of those pillars. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think it's not, it's not what you would, what you would expect. Um, I have been seeing the the clip of uh, them going to see breakfast at Tiffany. Um, Lately, some people have been using that as kind of an example because, um, and I haven't seen uh, Licorice Pizza, but there's been some criticism about how certain Asian oh, right. uh, characters are handled in that movie. And people have been using that clip from this film kind of to prove the point. <laughs> and um, mm. it's kind of wild to think about that, that now we're, you know, 1993 to 2022 and people are still kind of fighting over these same uh, representations. But um, the other thing that we can say is that 
you know, without them doing stuff like this in in this film in 93, which is like, again, little Carlos not even really thinking about things. I just wanted to see, you know, Bruce Lee doing jump kicks and stuff. Yeah. I, I'd never stop to consider that. So, you know, and I'd see that in the movie and be like, oh, man, that's kind of a big that's messed deal. up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, um, that, the, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to say real quick before we get into what I have set up is um, <laughs> that this it, it's a biopic for sure, but you can see that in certain instances they wanted it to also be an action movie. And yeah. that's that's the big thing I was going to say is yeah. that this movie feels like it's a sixty minute Bruce Lee biopic spliced in with a you know thirty minute or sixty however the math works out. Yeah. Um, you know, action movie like a like a a you know a, a western take but very much in that style of of, of hong kong yeah kind of like a what if movies. bruce lee was in this situation or, or that situation yeah. and, i think it'd go a little something like this yeah, yeah sure it's funny i wonder if <laughs> I, you, did, did you guys read it this way i i almost got a little bit of like a fantasy feeling in most of these action yeah. i don't know maybe i'm just bringing oh, my yeah. own totally. i mean knowledge into mo- it and i kind of i kind of liked it actually so and that's what I was also going to say is that if there was maybe if they would have been able to market the film this way where it was like kind of your your one foot in each you know side of it where it's like this is a biopic but it's also a another kung fu movie that that's you know if they were able to push forward that this is what the movie was oh like it's in his mind like he goes to that mm. the the dance hall in Hong Kong and maybe it's a really simple confrontation, but in his head, he can already like see an action movie or something. Mm-hmm. I just think it's it it's kind of a missed opportunity because there's been nothing like that ever. Mm-hmm. And watching it, knowing you know that well, hey, they could have. I, I can think of a movie that's kind of like that, and it's not very good. Oh, really? is it um, Sidekicks with? It's suck. It's Sucker Punch. Oh, Sucker Punch. Oh, geez, Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch is all about having fantasy sequences that yeah, are. Yeah, man, Sucker Punch cool, is a strange one. Quote unquote, cool action sequences. I don't like Sucker Punch very much. Yeah, it's another. I mean, that's a that is com- not here or there though. Well, um, I mean, now this that movie you, is good. You you mentioned that though. I think of some of the revisionist stuff that Tarantino did in like Inglorious mm-hmm. Bastards or um, sure, Once sure. Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know. Yeah, something like that. Like if this kind of was tightened up and retooled to kind of be pushed forward as something similar to that, I think it. I mean, and the movie was successful too. I think right, when right. it falls short is you know people that really wanted to see the the Bruce Lee that they knew represented on film. And I mean, you could argue it's the Bruce Lee that Linda knew. So um, this is the image that she wanted to put forth, and. Um, I don't know how she feels about the film after it came out, but um, it sounded like she was pretty involved with the movie beforehand, and here we are. Yeah, but, yeah, I think that's a good. Yeah, I think that's a good way of of framing it, and also, um, yeah, I think they ba- they balance those objectives pretty well. It's like you look at the poster, you know, dragon in a big font, and it's you know, Bruce doing this amazing kind of jump kick against the rising sun or whatever. So it's like, you have to pay that off. This has got to be an action movie, like with, you know, dude energy or whatever. Um, yeah. And so like that is here <laughs> in the movie, um, but really kind of 
the like thematic thrust is more about kind of their relationship and you know Bruce as a person and his own like personal struggles so it's um yeah it doesn't I, don't know. I think you, it's like it's not it was not necessarily an easy an easy job when you think about it yeah well and i mean i think now actually it's pretty interesting too and we'll get into this a bit more when we're covering these films but the the discourse on the history of bruce lee continues like even just this past year there's been these revelations about um bruce lee and 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 linda and like all this stuff that's been coming out and it kind of coats like the history of it all and um uh, I think I've mentioned it before, but Matthew Pauly's book, Bruce Lee, A Life, I, I really enjoyed that book. And even in there, he he um, he does a lot to portray Bruce Lee as a as a person, maybe not like as like a, you know, like a god, like almost like what you would see in this film where he's, you know, very um, they, they put him up as a, on a pedestal. You don't see all the little grimy little you know dirty secrets that you know that have come out yeah. but um yeah, yeah i don't know the worst thing this movie says is like oh he got wrapped up in his work and didn't spend as much time with his family as he probably should have yeah 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 and and it's like okay i'm sure he i'm sure other stuff happened like this was he was just a guy like yeah. he was a guy that was really good at martial arts he wasn't you know he's not second coming or whatever right. yeah 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 um yeah, so this also is an April Fool's episode. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't want us to just kind of pick the movie apart because I'm sure there are other people that have done that. But um, we are going to pick it apart a little bit, but hopefully educate you as well. So um, I put together a little true or false quiz about the film and about Bruce oh, Lee. So, I love um, it, dude. Yeah, so uh, this will kind of guide us through. And I, I, I kind of picked it so it kind of, help us talk about different aspects of the movie. So, um, yeah, here we are. April Fool's. Are you guys ready? Dude, I think so. Uh, I, I I guess so. <laughs> Go, <laughs> gonna embarrass ourselves. Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry, because we're all gonna learn more. By the end of this uh, arc, we're gonna know everything about Bruce Lee. <laughs> everything. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Secrets will be revealed. Nice. Um, okay, so uh, number one. There are many famous quotes by Bruce Lee. One among them being, the key to immortality is first living a life worth remembering. This is so, true or did false. did he really say that? True or false. Ooh. Um. It's not that hard. It's 50-50. I think, true. I think false, because don't they attribute that to Brandon in the credits? Or maybe I... You can, I, I mean... I think yeah. it's false. I think it's his son. Okay. Matthew? Um, I'll go with Marty. I'll say false. False. So this is not a Bruce Lee quote. And um, I don't know... Uh, it, Again, it seems on the nose for a, a person who did not know he was going to die incredibly young to yeah. be talking about immortality. Yeah, so. good point. So there's a bit... And so in the collector's edition of the DVD that I shared with you guys, there's like a little preamble by Linda and um, she actually attributes it in that preamble to St. Augustine. St. Augustine once said, the key to immortality is first living a life worth remembering. But honestly, I tried Mm -hmm. digging that up and I couldn't find that either. Um, So I did find there was a blog that kind of, it's called like sourcing Bruce Lee. 
And even they on the blog couldn't find the true source for this quote, and they actually suggested that it might have been written for the film. And Marty, that screenshot at the end of the dedication to Brandon, it, it's listed under that dedication. It's not quoted to Brandon. Oh, yeah. that's kind of sneaky. Gotcha. Yep. The other thing that I found out is that at Bruce and Brandon's gravesite, there's a like a memorial bench. And um, on the back of that bench, it has that quote, and it's not attributed to anybody either. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know who wrote it, but it wasn't Bruce Lee. But you will encounter this a lot where uh, people like to share stuff on the Internet these days, and context is a thing of the past, right? <laughs> right, right. So um, that's something that I just wanted to bring up because I thought it was really interesting. So. Yeah, number one was false. There, That is not a quote by Bruce Lee. Okay, number two. Bruce Lee was born in San Francisco. That is true. Yeah, I think true also. That is true. Correct. So yeah, Bruce Lee... Because I remember... Because uh, we have uh, probably on the podcast six times, so sorry if I have. But um, I, me and my wife took a trip to, to San Francisco last year. And we went to Chinatown, and I actually um, saw a, a big cheesy statue of, of Bruce Lee. Oh, dude, sweet, uh, awesome! And I got a I got a wall scroll that I'm sure is very oh. not official of uh, Bruce Lee. Oh, uh, but if you're in Chinatown, what are you gonna do? Yeah, that's great. I love it. So on November 27, 1940, Lee Jun Fan was born in San Francisco, while his father Lee Hoi Chun traveled abroad with his Cantonese opera troupe. Li Hoi Chen was a very well-known performer and film actor, and his family did benefit from that. So Bruce Lee was, I guess people don't really talk about it much, but um, because of his father and their family, they were pretty well-to-do. So, um, I mean, when he was a kid, they had like a driver. I think he even had like a pet monkey when, they were, <laughs> when he was a kid. And Bruce Lee's mother, Grace Ho, was of mixed Chinese and European descent. Something that I also feel like should have come up in this film where they're bringing up race a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, Bruce Lee was, I mean, of mixed descent. And um, they don't even show his mom in the film. The weird thing to me is that whenever they portray his family, it's like just him and his father all by him- themselves. And um, they barely, like, talk about anybody else in his family. And it's like they play up that weird, like, demon's curse. Because uh, it's it's built out of something that actually happened. So, um, Li Hoi Chen and Grace, they had a, a son earlier that passed away. And according to, like, Chinese superstitions, uh, if you're going to have another son, you need to kind of disguise them so this demon doesn't uh, take them away. So, um, when Bruce Lee was a baby... They dressed him up like a girl, and they actually gave him an earring, just kind of superstition to protect him. Okay, I was—I figured that that seemed too specific. Yeah. They mentioned that in the in the film. That seemed too specific to not be. Yeah, they the really play thing. that out. And um, but so yeah, actually, Lee's born uh, Chinese name is Lee Jun Fan, and that also can be interpreted to mean uh, "shake up San Francisco." Just <laughs> that's something I, oh, I dude, think is cool. really fun too. Yeah. All right, number three. You ready for this one, Marty? Randy Edelman composed the theme to MacGyver. I I hope that's true. 
That's true. Yeah. That is, that's so cool. Uh, yeah, I was looking that up, and I, I mean, obviously, we've already mentioned him, his scoring, and you can go off, Marty, but um, the one thing that I thought was so crazy is this, just the amount of work this dude has done. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy because um, he kind of came up in the pop world in like the 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. um, like producing tracks and stuff. I think he produced stuff for like the carpenters or something i want to yeah say. and i think like barry manilow <laughs> yeah mm. but one of the other things that i thought was really funny is when i was digging this up is he did the music for the um bruce campbell show briscoe county jr and oh, the nice. theme the theme for briscoe county jr is still used for the nbc olympics so like whenever they're showing like what's coming up next they'll literally just be playing the theme song from briscoe county jr in I had no idea that that was a thing, and it cracks me up. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's so uh, awesome. I mean, he definitely kind of, there are a few projects like that where he overshoots the target, and it's like, sorry, this is too masterful. That's um. definitely what we got going on here. Yeah, the the music for this film, I mean, it really is, like, way above. It brings the movie up a lot higher to me. Yeah, and you mentioned it earlier, Matthew, but... Um, it's on the soundtrack it's titled Bruce and Linda which is um it's actually f- basically from two scenes in the movie and then they kind of just remove the silence in between them it's like dinner with Linda's mom kind of goes wrong mm. and then she runs out after him I think that's when we first hear that kind of piano come in so it, it's sort of built of like two main themes there's this more kind of ballad theme and then that leads into this more driven like heroic action thing that I seriously I tear up every time It has the, it's so great. It's like, yeah, it's not I can, <laughs> I can totally just picture it like at the Academy Awards. This would be a, like yeah. a theme that they would play. Oh, but I meant to say, so this track has like has this second life in tons of places. It was all over trailers in the '90s and commercials, um, and it's it's waned a, a little bit these days. But I, I, you'll still you'll still kind of hear it occasionally. It's just it's amazing. And honestly, that's it's a type of scoring that I really do miss in in like film. Like I wish this oh, kind yeah. of style would come back because <laughs> it just makes you feel so much, even if there's nothing happening. It's yeah, perfect. or it's kind of like um, I would put it in like the pantheon 
of other like great nineties action score, like say like Jerry Goldsmith's score to Rudy um, has some just like beautiful heroic moving kind of stuff. And it's um, both that score and Randy Edelman's score here. They're in this cool zone where it's like, they're not like uh, overly sophisticated kind of like erudite classical things. And they're also not kind of like the orchestra is a rock band. It's like this, it's very accessible. Um, I don't know. It's this cool. It's this cool spot that is exceedingly rare um, these days. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also was looking up other films that he's composed for. Among them are Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, dude. <laughs> the so the good. Chipmunks Adventure, like the animated like Chipmunks film. Uh, Ghostbusters Two. He was involved with. Yeah. Um and, and actually also the Shang- Shanghai Noons. Yeah, yeah, Shanghai Noons has a really Shanghai good Noons. like Wild West theme. Yeah, yeah, it's really. I haven't impressive. watched. I haven't watched Shanghai Noon since, uh, gosh, since I was probably in middle school. Oh, uh, I think it yeah, holds up really uh, well. It's great. Oh, cool. That's. I mean, I imagine it'll come up on the podcast at some point. So. <laughs> yep. Okay. So the next one we've got here is uh kind of a a meaty one, but uh. The controversial fight between Bruce Lee and Wong Jack Man was ignited by Lee training non-Chinese in Kung Fu. Let me, let me, that sounded weird. Let me do it again. (laughs) (laughs) You're good. The controversial fight between Bruce Lee and Wong Jack Man was ignited by Lee training non-Chinese in Kung Fu and left Bruce Lee in traction with a back injury that resulted in him focusing on his writings. True or false? Definitely what happens in the film. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like I remember reading that it was like, like there was something like that that happened, but not quite that dramatic. So I'm going to say false. Yeah, I think I'm going to say false too, because um, you weighed it out really specifically. So I'm guessing <laughs> if any of those like like details are yeah. false, then the whole thing is false. Yeah, that's a, that's the way to take a test, man. I love that. So it is false, yeah. So um, there's quite a bit of history behind this, and it's a very controversial subject for for fans. And uh, so I did a little bit of a write up, and I'm gonna read through this, and we can talk about the the film too, because the film covers these moments, but it it really mixes everything up, and it's so weird to me too, because there's a scene where. Um, Bruce is meeting with like these Chinese masters and looks like they're just in a bar but um, they mention in the film that uh, they mentioned Wong Jack Man's name in the film but the character of Johnny Sun the, the, the antagonist that he fights against in the film mm-hmm. is a totally made up character but he basically <laughs> represents what Wong Jack Man was um, so the thing about it is in the film, Bruce is trying to make a name himself for himself. He's trying to open up a school. And um, these old masters, their, uh, their issue is that he's going to be training non-Chinese Kung Fu. And that was an issue that did come up when, uh, when he was uh, trying to do his thing. But that was not the reason why any of this stuff happened. And um, so I'll, I'm going to go into it. Sorry. Right, so in 1964, uh, Bruce was trying to make a name for himself after opening his second Jun Fang Gong Fu Institute with his friend and a federal, fellow martial artist, James Yim Lee. 
Through James, he had a chance to demonstrate at Ed Parker's Long Beach International Karate Championships. This is the uh, event uh, that there's the footage of him doing the one-inch punch. Yeah. That you probably saw. Oh, like cool. In, it's like black and white, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so uh, at this event, he basically gave a demonstration and he did the one-inch punch and he did a couple of kind of like tests, you know, hey... If I can touch you before you defend yourself, like you know, I bet you, I bet you can't defend yourself in time. And uh, the other thing that he did though is he took time to basically take down traditional martial arts. So he would do this thing where he'd do a demonstration, and then he would then tell you what was wrong. So it it was a little bit of a controversial thing then, but it wasn't until an, an, another event in August where he gave another demo at the Sun Sing Theater in San Francisco's Chinatown. So here he really riled everyone up by showcasing how he thought Wing Chun, his style, was so much better than uh, other traditional martial arts. And uh, there's a phrase that Matthew Pauly uses in that Bruce Lee life that I really think is great. He says uh, that Bruce Lee said that the old masters basically were old tigers that had no teeth. (laughs) Oh, snap. Yeah. So uh, this was like a big kind of like controversy in Chinatown. And um, uh, the thing that he said before he left was, I would like to let everyone know that anytime my Chinatown brothers want to research my Wing Chun, they're welcome to find me at my school in Oakland. So um, people were like, did he just challenge everyone? (laughs) So like this turned into a thing. And um, there's a young martial artist named David Chin who really was riled up by this. And he basically uh, set, helped set up this challenge match uh, between Bruce Lee and a martial arts practitioner named Wong Jack Man. So Wong Jack Man was like a traditionalist. So he's like around the same age as Bruce Lee, but he was really representing the opposite of what Bruce Lee was representing. So um, there's... They had this match, and this was at Bruce Lee's Kuhn. There was Linda, David Chin. There was only a handful of people there. And there's all these conflicting uh, information. But there basic- wasn't six uh, Chinese martial arts masters sitting in robes on little chairs. No, right. So, yeah. In, like, in, like, is that a Mortal Kombat? In the film, it's straight up like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's, like, this, like, secret lair and... Johnny Sun comes out and they have this match. So yeah, in the movie, what happens is they have this knockout dragout fight, and right at the end, Bruce wins, but he turns away, and then he gets kicked in the back, and that creates this back injury that really puts him in traction. And at the time, him and Linda have some arguments, and you know they just play up that drama. Um, none of this stuff is related to the actual facts of the history of it all. So the the fight with Wong Jack Man and Bruce Lee is pretty crazy though. So a couple of the accounts, one is Linda's and uh, actually another one in Matthew Pauly's book, uh, David Chin, the guy from Wong Jack Man's side, they talk about it. And basically it sounds like uh, Bruce pretty much ended the match in three minutes, but it was really sloppy where um, Mm. at one point Wong Jack Man actually like turned to run away and then Bruce like chased him which sounds like really like some Looney Tunes stuff but um, (laughs) at the end of the match Bruce basically was like alright this is over like don't bring it up I don't want this to become a big deal 
Uh, but eventually, you know, people started yammering about things, and it turned into this drama. But um, so it's it's so weird to me that they kind of do it, but they don't do it. Um, and actually, what I found out too is that Wong Jack Man, when he saw the film, he sued Linda and he sued Universal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, so the other thing... No, it's, I mean, it's, it's easy to forget because, like, this movie came out about 20 years after Bruce died. So, yeah. like, all of this stuff that happens in the movie or the, the, you know, fictionalized accounts of the stuff that happened in the movie was only, like, you know, 25 years before yeah, yeah. the movie came out. So there's a lot of people still around. Right. There's some... Like we've said, like, Bruce is this legendary figure and some of what goes with a legend are these like tall tales that no mm-hmm. one can really get to the bottom of and they kind of endure to this day but yeah it's crazy juxtaposing like what feels like classic you know myth making with like mm-hmm. the 20th century and photographs yeah. and you know film and, and stuff the other thing is too when you're even going further back into martial arts and we've talked about you know the lineage of Wing Chun when we talked about Ip Man and you know all, and Prodigal Son and these kind of things and this was like a oral tradition you know and and different people study different ways and different people like tell different stories so um, a lot of the thing I mean you know martial arts are basically like religion to the people that are practicing this it's a very important thing right. and they're very dedicated and they have pride and um, this always always these things come up where it's like you know i'm of this lineage or that's not the real good style because it's also martial arts where it's like you know there's a physical prowess to it and i you know eventually when you're practicing a fighting art fighting is part of it and i just think it's it's a really interesting thing to me but it's so funny how all the politics of like the lineage of martial arts is such a hotly contested thing but uh, the other things that i wanted to mention is that um, Bruce Lee's back injury in real life was simply caused by uh, a weightlifting exercise. They're called Good Mornings. And um, he was just doing his routines. What I heard is that he didn't warm up like he should have the day of, and he injured his back pretty severely. And uh, he did have to you know, like recover from that. And in that time, he did take uh, you know time to write. He, was a, he, he did write a lot. But um, this wasn't a situation like in the film where he... Like he was completely immobile. Yeah. And... He he didn't... Well, he didn't write like the Tao of Jeet Kune Do. That actually was published after his death using materials that he wrote. But um, in the film, they kind of play it like him and Linda like wrote this while he was in recovery. And mm-hmm. I mean, he... he that's not true. <laughs> so they just take these facts they and they rearrange them around to kind of suit the narrative that they're pushing in the film, which is kind of weird to me. But also we said that it's like a biopic, but it's also kind of like an action movie. So right. there's a way that they could have delivered this in a more believable way where you can kind of squash the people that would be critical of it. And I think that it's more of a modern thing that people you know, look back on the film and see all the things that are wrong with it. Um, right. Let's see. Where can we go after this? All right. I got, I got one more for you guys. Nice. Okay. <laughs> uh, Bruce Lee came up with the idea for the TV show Kung Fu. I think that is true. So I feel like, or at least 
I heard that's the story I had heard circulated or not. So, so I think technically this is neither true nor false. I think this is still I was reading about this. I think this is still being this is in some amount of contention. Oh, um, I like that. Okay. Well, I had to pick one. <laughs> and I picked false. <laughs> so um, the treatment okay. for Kung Fu was actually written by a duo of comedy writers, Ed Spielman and Howard Friedlander. And originally it was going to be a feature called The Way of the Tiger, The Sign and of the Dragon. And that was like years before what they show in the in yeah. Dragon, right? Yeah. Right, right, right. So um, producer Fred Weintraub, who would go on to work with Bruce Lee, uh, would... He he took this to Warner Brothers and was eyeing Bruce as the lead role of Kwai Chang Kane. Um, back then, w- Warner Brothers passed on it, and the, the reasoning that they said was that audience wouldn't buy a Chinese hero. So then it kind of got stuck in like development hell. Mm-hmm. But then it was picked up again at ABC, and it was going to be a TV movie. So once again, Bruce Lee went for the role and he was passed up. But this time they said it was because of his heavy accent. And eventually they settled on David Carradine. But so the thing that maybe you're thinking of, Marty, is Bruce was also working on his own show. And it was basically similar. The Warrior or something? Yeah, The Warrior is what it ended up. It was called Awesome. And it it turned into a film called, oh, well, a, a treatment called The Warrior. And uh, it was basically a wandering kung fu master that helps those in need in the Wild West. So Bruce Lee, one of the things he'd say is he wanted to have a show where somebody could do like kung fu, but you didn't have to like have it in a modern day where you have to explain. Because he was like, you can't just fight with people, you know, in in the modern day. If you if you set this in the West, then you have like the ability to duke it out, and it would be more more entertaining. So. Um, hmm. That never was developed until very recently. So 2019 uh, on uh, Cinemax, I believe, Warrior, it's called. Um, oh no way! Yeah, that's that's a, a an adaption of Bruce Lee's The Warrior, and uh, there's two seasons of it. And I believe a third season is going to be coming out on uh, HBO Max. So huh. 50 and years then later, Kung Fu was rebooted a few years ago too, right? Yeah, there was a, I think last year there was a, a new Kung Fu on like the CW or something. I feel like people didn't like it. But I, as a kid, I also remember uh, Kung Fu The Legend re- continues, I yeah, think. Yeah, and as yeah. And Brandon Lee was in that. And um, yeah, so, so in the film, they basically play with stuff again. Because uh, one of the things that, um, that, linda said in the the book that she wrote she kind of blurred those lines too so people interpreted it as uh bruce having the idea for kung fu but it was basically um taken away from him i just think (laughs) it's so crazy to me how this film a lot of facts that people pull from bruce lee come from this movie movie. yeah (laughs) yeah i i believe that (laughs) it's so crazy to me i mean it's it's a it's a fun biopic all about Bruce Lee. It's like, well, yeah, why would they, you know, he lives an interesting life. Why would they lie about it? Yeah. Well, it's sort of like, you know, by the late 90s, someone would say, like, you know, I really like dinosaurs. You know, they might have more to do with birds than they do with reptiles. And <laughs> Get out of here. Their vision's based on movement. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's you, funny you pull that from you say the movies be- you watch, you know? Yep. Well, it's funny you say that because they do say that in Jurassic Park. 
Like the, they yeah. say at the very beginning that he's saying that it's like a giant chicken, and then the guy, it's like it's like a giant chicken. He's like, yeah, this chicken has these yeah, big no, that's, claws, and that's then two of them come around. The, it's like, like it's people yeah. just pull all their knowledge from like the yeah. movie that they watch all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think it's definitely an entertaining film. I, I had a good time oh, yes. revisiting it, but it, it also just made me laugh. Like at the beginning. You know, the, they basically set it up so Bruce needs to leave Hong Kong because he got in fight with these sailors. Yeah, one little fight and yeah. his mom got scared. <laughs> Dude, that's great. <laughs> yeah, nice. Perfect. Oh, that'd be a cool oh, trailer wow. to, Amazing. to chop up. <laughs> the, the, the reality I, I literally, of, I literally wrote that in my notes. Oh, yeah, one so little good. fight, his dad got scared. Yeah. Dude, um, I love it. So Bruce, as a kid like to fight he was picking fights and and one of the reasons that he picked wing chun was for street fighting and um it 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 built to a head and they were like look i mean you punched the wrong person so now you're gonna have to leave but it had nothing to do with foreigners uh bruce lee was just he just liked to fight with people um i mean the the running theme of the demon through the film is really wild too and they basically (laughs) tie that to his death and they gloss yeah. over his death in like the last thirty seconds of the movie. Like, yeah, it's oh, like a text that's yeah. like, oh yeah, he just he just died. Which I mean, that's kind of what happened in real life. Like, it was it was right. very sudden, and yeah. it took a while for people to even know what even happened to him. Yeah, and then, and also all the the thing that makes the whole like recurring thing of the the demon like standing around and like being in his visions that makes it all the more like kind of almost disturbing is that there's a scene where the demon is then going after his son Brandon and he has to go and stop it Mm -hmm. and then Brandon Lee actually died like a couple of weeks before this movie came out and the movie's dedicated to him it's it's so everything relating to Brandon Lee's death is so bizarre so Mm. weird but yeah I mean any kid growing up in the 90s it was like all that was talked about on the playground was like there's a Bruce Lee curse there's a Bruce Lee curse yeah so it's like this is it's like whenever you see that you can kind of be like You'd be like, yeah, no, I, I can see how I can see how there's a curse. Oh like, man, that sucks. <laughs> it, it really does. Yeah. Um, but actually, more fun fact about um Bruce Lee's kids. Um, do you know that Shannon Lee has a cameo in the movie? Oh Bruce yeah, Lee's she's daughter. a singer in a scene, yeah. Right? She's whenever they're in like oh, the, like whenever the Bruce is or... yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That whenever they're they're singing um. Some sixties song. California Dreaming. Yeah. California couple... Dreaming. That's the one. Yeah. Um, yeah. She she plays the lead singer in it. So Dude, yeah. In, awesome. in the segment with the Green Hornet, the director of the Green Hornet episode on the movie is Van Williams. Who yeah is the is Hornet. the Green Hornet. Yeah. yeah. That was I thought that was cute too. There was another one too that I noticed. Oh, so um, one of the uh the trainer for Jason Scott Lee in the film was Jerry Poteet, and he was a student of Bruce Lee that I believe he met him through Ed Parker. Um, but uh, he's in, in that Long Beach. So in in the movie, they set up the Long Beach uh, International, like Karate International, as like this boxing ring situation. And then that Johnny Sun shows up again, and they fight. And that never happened. But um, if you look in the audience... Um, you can see Jerry in the audience when Bruce Lee is exiting the ring and he's following right behind him. Yeah. So, uh, that's pretty cool. And actually, uh, I believe Michael Worth 
who um there's another podcast that's all about Bruce exploitation films called uh, the Clones Cast. It's oh, there's nice. a there's a podcast oh, called the Clones funny. Cast, and um, I've I really enjoy that podcast, and he's one of the co-hosts of that. But he works in film, and he was student of Jerry Poteet. And I don't I looked for him, I didn't see him in the movie, but I know that he had some involvement with it, so that's kind of cool. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, I it it's it's not the best movie. I I definitely like <laughs> nowadays. Well, okay, so let me tell you this. There's this, that Birth of the Dragon film that came out, like, maybe four or five, maybe a little longer than that, six years ago. And that movie is totally about Bruce's fight with Wong Jackman, but actually is, like, from Wong Jackman's side, like, it places him as, like, the hero of it. It's super weird. (laughs) Uh, It's super weird. And, like, I watched, like, clips of it, and I was like, yeah, this is... I don't know. I, I I should probably watch it just to watch the whole thing, but it looked really bad. But I mean, following Bruce Lee's death, all these Bruce exploitation films like really playing around with these details, and I think there's still room for a really good Bruce Lee like biopic that can really like give everybody all the details. But like I said, there's still stuff coming out, so who knows what that end product would look like yeah <laughs> and i mean I think one thing that, i will say is like I th- oh sorry go ahead i think that people are so passionate about it that they really i mean there's gonna be people that are upset based on certain details that are portrayed because you know people think you know bruce lee has changed people's lives and he continues to change people's lives and you don't want to see the you know the reason for your 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 positive change in life being like shown as a human being with flaws, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the way I would maybe sum up my feelings around um, Dragon is like, um, uh, yeah, I think I I'm with you as far as um, like the accuracy and the facts of Bruce's life and you know, what his legend deserves. And I think I'm, yeah, I agree with all that. I do think the movie really works as a movie. And so, Mm. um, you know, it's not, it's not really a cheap cash in. And I frankly wasn't expecting it to hold up all that, all that well, these many years later, but um, I don't know. In some ways, maybe it plays better to an audience that's a little less invested in. Yeah, in I, Bruce. I totally see that. Yeah, um, and I think that because that I think there's there's just like the character, like threads are I think really strong, and mm. it's a pretty well balanced movie. And yeah, awesome score. And I, I like the action sequences. Like, okay, they're not up to the level of so much of what we get to kind of. Um, to kind of look at yeah. like for the podcast but they're not bad sequences like um, since you yeah, mentioned no. that too uh john chung the guy that plays johnny sun we i mean he's he's come up in hong kong films he's he's like a grunt in all, so many of the films that we've covered with jackie and stuff he's worked alongside mm-hmm. jackie chan mm-hmm. and his stunt team and um yeah i recognized his face when i saw the film and i guess that he handled the fight choreography and i mean uh regarding performance too talking about the acting i think that jason scott lee did a really good job and yeah, Lauren holly yeah, I, I mean you know they were playing to that level that the the tone of the film this very dramatic uh biopic yeah, thing yeah. so um i think that they were equally successful and um 
I think, you know, it's it's kind of cool to show Linda's side of things too in certain moments, but they kind of give her like some meatier stuff than maybe she actually did in like you know what we know about their lives together but i think it's really cool and it was entertaining so yeah i was cool with it it was a fun time i just feel like people that love bruce lee are very passionate yep totally (laughs) yeah good stuff though yeah the the realist april fools episode yeah yeah (laughs) yeah probably yeah so a couple of random notes um, I always write notes while I'm watching these movies. Whenever he has the the fight with like the um with the cooks when and like <laughs> yeah. early on in the movie, oh, yeah, right? And Green Onions plays the <laughs> right, like, right. Sandlot music. Yeah. Oh, that just—that's all. That was the—that's the whole note. I just thought that was funny. That's great. Yeah, yep. that was awesome. It was cool. You got to have a little bit of like a jukebox, like period setting. Yeah, yeah. Sixties, and I thought that was yeah, mostly pretty effective. Um, Apparently, they shot that in Hong Kong, and actually, that that was (laughs) a set that that they built. And um, in the middle of filming that, there was a like a hurricane or typhoon, and Mm -hmm. um, the Hong Kong crew actually like built a tent over the set so they could continue filming. (laughs) That's the most. That's the most Hong Kong movie making thing I've ever heard. It's insane. I love it. (laughs) Um. Oh yeah. This movie is rated PG thirteen. It's very horny. It's a very (laughs) horny movie. (laughs) Like it is all like it is very much talking about like how incredibly attractive Bruce Lee was, and that you know he was very much a ladies' man, and you know it. Yeah. Him and him and Linda in the movie have a lot of like kind of banter and stuff and and yeah. she's real horned up for him too. So Yeah, and um, I, I mean the camera which is, really which is likes cool, her that's, too in the movie. That's a that's a, a cool thing that some of the research I did that um pointed out is that even if uh Chinese people aren't as or Asian people in general in um, non uh Asian movies aren't usually it's not quite as obviously as bad as it used to be whenever they're depicted as very like you know you know mild or like goofy or whatever people Mm. they're usually not sexualized they're usually not they're not seen as sexual beings at all and that this really is one of only a few examples of of an asian person in a western movie that's portrayed as a sexual being at all yeah um but which i just thought that was interesting and the final note that I <laughs> that I highlighted was that uh, all this movie is made better with the knowledge that Linda Lee watched this and basically recorded herself at the beginning of the special edition saying, yeah, that's about right. Bruce would have liked this. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's <so> funny. <laughs> you have to wonder about that, too. If Bruce Lee was around to see it, would this be what he wanted to see? I mean, I don't know. I, I guess like- it's just... The way that we would view Bruce Lee would be so different if he hadn't died oh, so yeah. so right. early on. Because, like, he, even if he'd only lived another decade, he would have made, like, 50 more movies or something. Sure. And, and you, you know, know how that goes. I mean, anybody also, in Hollywood, yeah. like, you're, you're going to make some clunkers, right? And it's going to... Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. And, and that's... I had a conversation with uh, a co-worker about how people dying young always makes like you know always makes people kind of elevate them to this legendary status but like what what i said was that 
if Jimi Hendrix, like Jimi Hendrix could easily still be alive today. He was right. super young whenever he died. Or Kurt Cobain. It's a totally yeah. possible, or yeah, or Kurt Cobain. It would be totally possible that everyone would be like, like that the, they'd be like, you know, canceled or whatever in today's oh, world. Sure. Like, like yeah. they probably did some really shifty things in, you know, yeah. in the sixties at some point, but whenever you die, playing so the young, guitar then, with you your know, teeth, people, it's super unhygienic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. Uh, ain't right. No, I think that's super interesting. Also, it's like, um, uh, and it it it's kind of it's kind of wild how little focus there is on Bruce's film career. I mean, one thing I'll say I think that kind of works against Dragon is it really requires that you go into it knowing his status and his like mm. legendary impact because mm. it doesn't really depict it it's like if i knew nothing else just from the film i would think like oh he made a couple of movies that maybe some hong kong people liked and he must be famous for having a martial arts school in america it's like yeah, yeah it puts a bigger emphasis kind of on that yeah and um but uh i do think that they kind of um, they sort of frame the the impact of or the significance of Enter the Dragon pretty well and it being this kind of like east-west co-production mm. but I think you guys are right like had things gone on you know it would have been a bunch of Hollywood films and I wonder like would the Golden Harvest movies be super well remembered would they be considered these legendary things like I mean the, yeah because who knows know. maybe he would have he maybe he would have made a movie in 1977 that was like so much better than Enter the Dragon. Then Enter the Dragon was like a footnote, you like, know? Like, yeah, I mean, it's I don't know if it's super helpful doing a lot of comparison, but it's like okay, let's take yeah. Jackie Chan. It's like you know, yeah, like what if Jackie Chan died after Drunken Master or something, you know? Right, or, or it's like, or we can see it now. Like he's maybe this counterexample. It's like he's still going on and he's still living, like we might go back and appreciate, you know, Snake and Eagle Shadow, Drunken Master, The Young Master, um, yeah, Fearless Hyena, something like that. But do those movies have, apart from maybe Drunken Master, do they have any kind of, like, legendary cinema status? Not really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They and definitely was, nowhere near as much as, like, Rumble in the Bronx or Super Cop right, or whatever. right. So, and yeah, all of that was also, you know, the answer to Bruce Lee not being around and the industry yeah, having yeah. to find an answer to that. If Bruce Lee was yeah, still true. around, there might that not change everything. Yeah, Jackie Chan might have not gotten as big if and all that stuff. Like, there's so many, like, things that get spread off, like, so many ripples <laughs> from that. Just keep talking about alternate realities. <laughs> but good. Yeah, totally. Oh, oh, sorry, last little weird critique. It's like, why can't they just talk about raymond chow they like make up this hong kong producer well and they do that with i mean like i said so they the thing that's weird to me is they mention wong jack man but the character that represents him is somebody else uh jesse glover who um had kind of a um uh falling out with bruce lee that that character what what did you say his name jerome in the film that's basically jesse glover's character in the movie and gotcha. yeah um uh what's it robert wagner's character i forget his name in the film but he's he's like bill krieger yeah they make this character up but he represents like a couple of different yeah these producers that bruce lee would deal with um and uh it's just kind of 
they were like, well, we got to just smush this together so we can make make a movie. Right. <laughs> and it's like, mm-hmm. damn, you didn't really need to, but I guess. But now it's not really true what you're doing. Now it's something else. <laughs> so why are you doing it to begin with? But also, I said, you know, studio meddling and budgeting you know, are big, huge factors in making films, especially in Hollywood. So. I think that's a big part of why we ended up with what we got. What well, also film. joins a great tradition of um, like Hong Kong loose yeah. biographies. Like, oh man. They have I mean, tons we, of fun with the facts, right? Ipmon, like the <laughs> Ipmon films we talked about, they just changed stuff up. Like <laughs> his kids, like the timing of everything, just so super loose with all of that. And I mean, actually Ipmon films are a good example it's like it's just an action movie it's not yeah the I mean, part where he's biopic, like i think it, our government should have the right to steal intellectual property from technology <laughs> companies it was so weird oh, it's, like, it's ip man uh, right? yeah, ip man <laughs> yeah uh, um well and I, I do think it's with with it again like we said with the with the timing thing Ipmon is obviously very you know fast and loose with stuff but also it takes place in like you know the the 30s and was made in 2008 and this was made 20 years after the things that happen in the movie yeah so and like with lots of people who are still alive and 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 whatnot yeah but the i mean Um, the ipmon i mean in ipmon 4 there's like stuff that just (laughs) they just made up Oh well, yes. I, I guess I'm thinking mainly of the first one that is the the most quote unquote grounded of yeah, yeah, of the movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the four one is like that's like Rocky Four at that point. Yeah, <laughs> like, it is. It is. That's great. Anyways, yeah. No, that's um. Yeah, Dragons. It's a. It it is a fun movie. Don't go into it thinking that you can you know write write your your report on Bruce Lee yeah, totally. in your in your ninth grade English class after watching Dragon the Bruce Lee story but but it is a fun movie and Jason Scott Lee's really good as Bruce Lee um Marty mentioned before we started rolling his neck's very thick compared to Bruce Lee um but, but yeah, he, like he doesn't help not look jacked. like him like they yeah yeah like he doesn't not look like Bruce like he looks a little like Bruce Lee and they like do his hair to look look more like him and stuff yeah totally and he's also he's not playing him like a caricature he's like he's you know he's mimicking the accent and and the mannerisms Mm -hmm. and everything but this feels like i mean it's a very three-dimensional performance i think but yeah dragon the bruce lee story it's pretty good (laughs) yeah yeah totally (laughs) i was thinking about his performance as you were mentioning and there's that that line that he goes, I'm Bruce Lee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a that's a that's a really good one. Oh man, that's so funny. <laughs> uh, he has a lot of good good deliveries yeah. of, of lines. But I think this is a great way to lead into uh, the films that we're going to be talking about. And yeah. we're still planning on doing the big boss, so that'll be yeah, coming man. in. Our I think we're just going to basically push our regularly scheduled. Yeah, just just, this will just be a slightly later. Uh, uh, normally scheduled episode so. sounds good to me sweet oh. well thank you so much for checking us out if you like the show you can listen to a review on whatever you're listening to this on um apple podcast is the big one that helps us out though uh you can follow us on facebook instagram and twitter we're at heroes the number three podcast on all three of them and once again we'll be back in two weeks uh, hopefully i will say two weeks um with uh the big boss so until then i'm matthew I'm Marty. 
I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.